Cas now. Um, so we're grateful to have him. He's going to come up and explain his field. I want you to welcome him as he comes. Come on up, Brother Andrew. that I would like to do is they do a lot of fishing, and I'm sure, uh, men, you'd appreciate it, because uh, culturally speaking, the men are expected to go fishing, amen, they're expected to go out, bring the fish in like that, and the ladies do the farming. <laughs> now, mind you, this is uh, very small islands and stuff like this, so usually they're just large gardens, but nonetheless, they do a lot with fish, and any time there's an, anytime there's an activity or a formal occasion, stuff like this, usually the men are going out and bringing in fish, and we brought back a fish from the islands that I would like to give Pastor, if he could come forward real quick. Uh, I know you're get busy back there, but we brought back a fish from the islands, a way of saying thank you to you and the church's faithful prayers and support, and mind you, this is a, this is a wooden fish. <laughs> something that you can hang on your wall oh, and just that. a little something That's to say awesome. thank you. That's great. That's great. Thank you. And thank you to you and the church for your uh, uh, faithful prayers and support. <laughs> All right. You guys want to go ahead? Follow mommy. <laughs> uh, God has blessed me with, with, with a wonderful family, and I'm, I'm thankful that we're able to travel together and be able to visit. Now, uh, I'm a missionary out in Micronesia. I already heard somebody said, where's Micronesia? Well, if you know where Hawaii is, it's past Hawaii before you reach uh, Japan. That's the region right out there where there are thousands, thousands and thousands of islands out there in Micronesia. And it's the region. And I'm specifically working on two island groups, the island groups of Saipan and the island groups of Palau. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I'll, I'll, if I see anybody starting to nod off, I'll demonstrate how we use this. <laughs> uh, but uh, down there, this is this is a spear gun, and uh, both in Saipan and Palau, both they they do a lot of spear fishing, and uh, like I like I said earlier, they do a lot a lot with fishing. And I've had the privilege of learning how to spear fish and, and do this stuff like that with some of the guys out there. A lot of fun, but. Um, real quick, give you a, a quick background of who I am. I'm a third generation missionary, and I have been out in the islands of Palau working with my dad and helping him start the first and only Baptist church on the islands of Palau. So if you please keep us continuing your prayers, because within 15 miles of here, how many Baptist churches are there? <laughs> We're the only one on the islands of Palau. We need help, and God's work is, is continually going out. 
Now, Catholicism would probably be the biggest one out there. Uh, other than that, there are other churches, but sadly, they usually teach some form of works-based salvation. And where they're preaching, it's through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone that we can have hope of eternal life. That it's that belief in his death, burial, and resurrection that we can have hope of heaven and forgiveness of sins. So please uh, continue to keep us in your prayers. Uh, now, it, when I went down there in 2001, I graduated high school there. I uh, ended up attending the Bible Institute. My dad started on the islands, took over the church for about two years. And then 2012, I came back to the States to raise my own support, where also I met, uh, uh, was here with y'all, I think in 2013 was the last time I was back, uh, back here. And then in 2014, went, the end of 2014, went back to the islands of uh, Palau. And since then, uh, the video presentation in just a minute is going to give you a little bit of background, but you'll be here in two different islands. I uh, start off in Palau and went, ended up moving to Saipan to work with my grandfather. So at this time, if you'll go ahead and show that video, and I'll come back up and talk in just a minute.
Is that this time that all I can do is turn to God in prayer? Our church building in Parsonage lost all of its windows, went through its doors, and the entire building was flooded. The church building had lost half of its roof. But through it all, God protected us from there, from known serious injuries among our church family. And since our church building was half busted, we used the unaffected areas to shelter several church families. That very next Sunday, the church stewarded that are outside to thank God for his protection and his sovereignty. Through all this, God so faithfully took care of us. Several churches donated to help us rebuild our roof and to fix our doors and windows. And we were able to move inside once again. The super factory was real devastated and caused much property damage. But it was a metaphor for the hearts of our church people. Outwardly, they put a smile on their face and attended services, and were willing to help with work projects. But as we began the rebuilding efforts, the Lord burst in to focus on extending our church community, starting with the foundation of Jesus Christ, salvation, and baptism. I came to realize that just as our building was only a shell of the church building, so too, many of our folks were only convenient now know and understand the need of change. When the storms come, we have to be found on Jesus Christ. As Philippians 1, 6 puts it, being confident of this thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. No storm will destroy your faith when you are standing on the rock of Jesus Christ. So, in 2020 started, I began focusing on each person's salvation experience importance of knowing that it is saved. That's when the praise and the thanks begin. We pray about what we should do, and we move through services online to Zoom Bible study. But after four weeks following the leadership of the Lord, we opened up again for in-person meetings. The COVID pandemic was a time of pruning and pruning for nets. Despite setback after setback, God will continue strong and steadfast. One example was Nye, who has been part of our church for 13 years, realizing that joined our church without being spiritually baptized. They wanted to get his life in order. Another young man, age 22, realized that he had been baptized for faith before he accepted Jesus as his Savior. Under foundational Bible study, he came forward and gave his testimony of how he recently got saved. It was so exciting to see each of those who are saved now know for sure that they are saved and have gone through or are currently going through intense personal discipleship to learn to become a mentor as Matthew 28, 19 to 20 says they should be. This is an exciting time to seek a new growth. My brother Joshua and his family joined us in our work and are currently taking over the church's leadership and mentor training. Mike and Please keep us in your prayers as we are on the road and while we ask the Lord to supply the much needed extra support for the church. Partner with us as we carry the light to the end.
Thank you. You've had a part in that ministry. Thank you for your, your part in praying and supporting us as we've gone down there. Now that we've turned the work in Saipan over to my brother Joshua, we're looking to go back to the islands of Palau, uh, Lord willing, the beginning of next year, after we've had some time to, to visit all of our supporting churches and, and, uh, and raise a little bit more support. Because when I first uh, went down there, I went down there with plans to get married. Well, since then, God has blessed me with four children, and it doesn't, that money doesn't go as far as it used to. <laughs> so pray for us as we're on the road and as we're looking to go back there. When we go back there, we're looking to continue preaching and teaching in the Bible Institute. So that way, uh, the plan is for the work to become an indigenous work. So that way, it'll be self-government, you know, the, its own preachers, its own teachers and everything. And because as a missionary, one of our goals is to work herself out of a job to uh, move on and continue starting other churches, of which we've already had an invitation to come to the northern tip of the main island of Palau to start another church. And we're looking to start with in-home Bible studies and then go from there, uh, bringing the people together to start another church. Also, uh, a radio ministry opportunity has come up where back in 2015, we had a radio station that said, do you have any material that we could put out? Uh, put out, I gave them some material, and they said, oh, we like it. If you could produce more, we will broadcast it weekly on the radio for free. So I developed about two years' worth of material, did it, but after moving to Saipan, uh, nobody continued that. So it's an area to which I'm looking forward to getting back plugged into. Just another area to get the gospel out, whereas you might not be able to hand them a track or sit down and have a Bible study with them. Just about everybody listens to the radio. And so please keep us in your prayers as we look to do this. Now, a uh, pastor was asking me to share a little bit more about my dad. Uh, my dad is, is in Saipan at this time. Uh, he's been having, like, food allergies this past year, and it just slowly keeps getting worse and worse where, you know, he'll have hives. He'll, just, just strange things. I don't know what it is. Well, about uh, since the beginning of the year, it started to get really bad and been going to the doctor. And about uh, a couple weeks ago, the doctor said, this, it's getting so bad, this could be life-threatening. And I will we'll hear more from him, uh, from them tomorrow, uh, the next testing that they're doing to try and figure out what it is. Because he's found out that he's allergic to all vegetables, all fruit, uh, so quite a few grains. And it's like, that's weird. <laughs> when you're on an island where they grow uh, everything naturally, it's like, you know, uh, what's going on? What? So they're trying to figure it out. If you please uh, keep him in your prayers for them to figure out what's causing this. At this time, uh, give you, tell you this, I carry this spear gun up here as, as a neat visual illustration, but also tell you a little story. They like to do spear fishing down there, and the way they do that, they usually have a mask and a snorkel and fins. They'll swim on top of the water, dive down anywhere from 15 to 50 feet, just shoot a fish, bring it back up, put it in their pontoon, and go. And I've had the privilege of learning how to, to do it like they do. But I tell you what, they can swim. They can hold their breath anywhere from two to five minutes. Uh, they, they can get in there. My max is about a minute and a half, maybe two minutes. That's, that's about as good as I can. And, uh, and so uh, usually some of the best times to go out spearfishing is at night. Because at night you have an extra piece to your gear, which is a waterproof flashlight. And when you shine the light in the fish's eyes, they freeze. And you can get up pretty close and get them. <laughs> and so it's, it's pretty neat. Well, one evening when I was out nighttime spearfishing, we were swimming along the reef. And I hadn't caught very many fish that night. 
And so I was, I was going, and usually the best place to go is, is you're, you're facing the reef. You know, the reef just kind of goes down like a wall, and as the tide comes in, the fish are coming in with it. So I'm, I'm looking, shining light, diving down, looking under the coral. Well, if you can imagine, you're swimming in pitch black at night, and all you can see is what's shining your flashlight on. You've got to really rein in on your nerves because you can scare yourself pretty bad. <laughs> Well, this evening, when I looked behind me, I saw about a four to five foot reef shark following me. And I tell you what, if I could run on water, psh, I'd have been out of that water right away. I look back, I see this thing about 15, 20 feet away, you know, and the water just kind of keeping its distance. I'm like, ooh, time for me to start making my way in. And I was about 45 minutes swim from shore. So it was now just you no know, quick getting out of the water. So I start making my way back in. And for about 15 minutes, I am nervous. I am like, what's going on? What if this shark comes to try and bite me? I keep looking back. It's right there. Then it dawned on me, what am I doing? I have a spear gun in my hand. I can go shoot this shark and bring back the biggest fish of the night. I turn around to go after this shark. That shark takes off. Never see it again. But how many times are we like that as Christians? We don't realize that we have the answers that we need right here. That we don't need to live in fear and allow the cares of this world, the things around us, to scare us. We got the answers right there. Christians, open up your Bibles with me tonight, if you have it, to Psalms chapter 37. Psalms chapter number 37. Psalms 37 and verse 1 starts off and it says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. You know what? That first word fret is not a word that we use very much today. But you know what a word is we do use today? Worry. Worry. If you find yourself doing something that the Bible says don't do, what are you doing? Sinning, disobeying. If the Bible says fret not, don't worry. Christians, you know what? We need to rein in on some of our fears and not worry about certain things. You know why? Because it says here, fret not thyself because of evildoers. What are evil people going to do? <laughs> evil. What can you do about it? worry, <laughs> but we're not to, right? Be careful, Christians, we don't find ourselves, because it's, we're living in a day and age now that can become so easy to fret and worry, oh, what's going to happen in the election? What's going to happen in this war? What's going to happen? What's going to happen with our food? We can find ourselves worrying about so many things, but we need to do like it says in verse number three, trust in the Lord and do good. Don't worry about what we cannot control. Don't worry about what's in God's hands. Trust in the Lord. And it goes on. It doesn't just say don't fret, but it also says neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Don't desire to be like those that are doing wrong. Don't, don't say, well, I wish I had their, their, their position, their, their money, their power. You know, if I had that, I'd, I'd be doing so much better with it. Really? No. Don't, not only don't worry about what evil men are going to do, don't desire to be, don't envy that. Instead, as it says in verse number three, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Whenever I talk about trusting in the Lord, I like to bring in one of my favorite passages of scripture, 
which is Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, which I'm sure is familiar to many, which says, trust in the Lord with part of your heart. Is that what it says? No, no, that's not what it says at all. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Every single one of us has an education and life experience. But you know what? When it comes to trusting in the Lord, we can't rely on that. Amen? Because God makes things happen. He allows things to work out sometimes that's beyond our understanding. We just got to say, okay, Lord, you're in charge. I know what you're going to do. Which brings to the next part of that verse which says, uh, trust the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thy understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Whether we realize it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, God is still in charge. Amen? And it's up to us to say, God, I know you're in charge. We have to acknowledge that within ourselves. And one of the ways that I like to do that with myself is I, I use the phrase, God knows. God, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. I, I don't know what's happening, but God knows I'm, I'm trusting in him. I'm putting my, my trust in because I, I don't see how it's going to happen. I, I don't know how I'm going to get the money. I don't know how the sickness is going to work. I don't know. But you know what? I serve a God that does know. So I need to just keep acknowledging that. And I love the fact the verse doesn't stop there and says, and he shall direct thy paths. I want to make sure that I'm going the right direction. I want to make sure that I'm doing what God wants me to do. So I need to keep trusting him and doing what he says to do. Verse number seven goes on and it says, be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. When we find ourselves to that point where we do trust in the Lord, okay, God's given me a direction and we just want to hold on to it. I'm going. Wait, stop. Keep trusting in the Lord. Don't think that your wisdom, your, your life experience, you know best. No. Keep trusting in the Lord. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Christians, whenever this, we live in an evil world. Be careful that you don't allow that evil into your family, into your life. When you, when you come to church, when you're reading God's word and you come across something that God says is clearly wrong, be quick to get rid of it. Be quick to put away that evil. Amen? Because otherwise, it's going to mess us up. Psalms 37, verse 3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Verse 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Wow. How many have desires in your heart tonight? <laughs> Amen, yeah. Uh, do you realize that God wants to give us the desires of our heart? Now, I'm not talking about some prosperity gospel, some name it and claim it garbage that you see on TV all the time. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what the Bible says. And here it says he wants to give us the desires of our heart. But first... We need to delight ourselves in the Lord. Amen? Whenever we look at uh, talking about delighting, when you think of the word delight, what does that mean? To enjoy, to be happy. Do you delight in the same things the Lord delights in? Do you find yourself, when, when the Bible, Jesus, we see what Jesus says, and then the way the, the heart of God says he loves people, and, and just throughout Scripture, do we find ourselves coming closer to the Lord, delighting in the same things he delights in? tell you what, when we find ourselves delighting in the Lord, we come, not only do we come closer to the Lord, 
But you know what? Like, like a good, loving, heavenly father or a loving parent wants to take care of their obedient, faithful children, so too our God wants to do the same. I tell you what, one of the things that's hard is I've got four children. One of, I tell you what, if you tell your kid, hey, go clean up your room. Don't tell me to clean my room. Stop telling me what to do. Can I have money for, for my, go hang out with my friends? <clears throat> Excuse me, go do what I told you to do first, and then we'll talk. <laughs> Christians, we need to make sure we're delighting in the Lord. And I, I bring this across because the very next verse says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. We not only need to not fret, not worry, we need to make sure we're trusting, delighting, and staying committed to the Lord. When I look at these two together, I'm, remembered of, I'm reminded of Acts chapter number 5. In Acts chapter number 5, the, the disciples were, were, after Jesus had gone back to heaven and they were preaching and teaching. In Acts chapter 4, he, he was, the, the church had come together and said they were praying for boldness. Say what, Christians, we need to make sure that be part of our prayer request too. That God, please give me boldness to keep sharing your love to keep sharing the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Because it's so easy. Satan has worked so hard to stamp down Christians, to discourage Christians to the point of saying, hey, shh, you're going to offend somebody. Shh, you're going to make a mess. Your people are going to get upset. we got to pray for boldness to keep sharing the gospel. And here we see in Acts chapter 4 was part of what they were praying for. And then in chapter 5, uh, the the... The religious leaders came to them and said, hey, stop preaching in the name of Jesus. You're, you're causing a, a disruption. You're causing things, problems. Stop, stop preaching in this man's name. And in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, and Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Christians, we, we are not to stand against the God-ordained leaders of our land, but you know what? When they start becoming between me and my God, that's when I need to stand up and say, I ought to serve God rather than man. And just as the disciples did, we're going to face the consequences of that. Because as we see in verse 40, they, they, it says, And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beat them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. When it comes to delighting in the Lord, when it comes to staying committed to the Lord, are you willing to be beaten for Christ? Do you realize that's coming soon here? I look, I look around of what happened during COVID almost three years ago. I look around how, how people got so afraid that they allowed churches to be closed, that they allow things to, to you know, things you hear about in third world countries or you hear about like in China or India. You hear the, the, the extreme persecution of the church happening here in the States. That's going to come back again, I think, before we see Jesus Christ return. And the attitude to which we face it. Are we going to face it like the apostles faced it? Because in verse 41, we see their attitude. Their attitude was, and when they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Wow. Not only did they say, hey, I ought to serve God rather than man. We're going to stand up for the truth. But their attitude was, thank you, Lord. That we were beaten for you. We were shamed for you. You know what? They delighted in the Lord. 
they were committed to keep going no matter what. And I, I, I strongly encourage Christians everywhere I go and strongly encourage the church, hey, we got to stay faithful. we got to keep going no matter what. what ha- one of the things that happened after COVID that was a little bit of a surprise for me was Saipan is, is considered like a trust territory of the United States. So the same laws, same rules and stuff, I guess. Well, after, after everything happened, we moved to online Bible studies for about four weeks and just pray and say, Lord, what would you have us to do? You know, so we opened back up about four weeks later, had in-person meetings again. And that first Sunday, we had some special visitors that showed up. We had the COVID task force and the police officers show up at our door telling us, you're not allowed to be having services. And that was something that really surprised me. Like, they're, you know, like, this is, this is, we're considered part of America. And then, yet we're having the police coming up and showing us, showing up here. Well, think, we, we talk with them and say, hey, we pray for, we pray for the police. We, we, we know that you, the nurses and you doctors working in the, in the hospital, you're needed and it's important. But we ought to serve God rather than man. You know, it was, it saddened me to see that how the churches had become a point where, you know, uh, the bar was considered okay to go to, you know, different grocery stores were open, all this stuff, but churches were closed down. We're, we're told they weren't an essential service. Well, we told them that. He said, well, you're not having services. I said, well, we, we are. We're going to continue having services. You're welcome to join us again Wednesday night. We're going to be back here at 7 o'clock. So if you want to come on back, they're like, well, we'll be back. Thankfully, between Sunday and Wednesday, though, the governor also declared churches an essential service, and they never came back. But what it did is it brought across that aspect of, am I delighting in the Lord? Am I going to stay committed to the Lord no matter what? What if coming to church tonight meant you could walk out of the church tonight and end up in jail? How committed would you stay? But I tell you what, this, this is not the church. Amen? Jesus said he died for his church, and he didn't die for no buildings. (laughs) He died for people. And there's coming a time where I think that it's going to be meeting in different places. It's going to be where the church decides to come together. And Christians, we got to stay committed. Not only do we need to stay committed to keep growing, to stay close to the Lord, but we also have to stay committed to sharing the gospel. Amen? Because if you... Don't continue to stay committed to sharing the gospel. You know what's going to happen to this church? It's going to die. And you know what? When Jesus Christ left, he didn't say, pastors, you be the one that's leading people to the Lord. Yes, that's part of the responsibility, but he told his church to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then once they get saved, you bring them into the church and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then once they're saved and they get baptized, our responsibility doesn't stop there. It said in teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. I love the fact that, Lord, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. (laughs) Christians, one of the things I like to challenge people with is look to reach one person for Christ. One. When you have a child, can that child take care of itself? No. <laughs> can it feed itself? Can it clothe itself? Can it clean itself? No. You know what God compares new Christians to? Babes in Christ. How long does it take a baby to grow up? <laughs> sometimes 20, 30 years, sometimes. <laughs> you know what? What's so different about baby Christians? We got to take the time. And be spiritual parents to people. Amen? 
And I tell you what, I like to use my spearkin as an example of this as well. One day when I was out spearfishing, I thought, I saw, I saw a school of fish. They were starting to come close together, and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if I could get two to three fish in one shot? So I loaded up my spear gun. I dove down. I shot into the school of fish. You know how many fish I got? Nothing. You know why I didn't get any? I wasn't aiming at any. I was just hoping to get something. Christians, who are you aiming for? Who are you aiming for? If you don't aim for nothing, you're not going to hit nothing. <laughs> and you know what? Just like babies, babies need parents, so too. And I encourage each Christian, you don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. Talk with pastor. Grab another brother or another sister in Christ and say, hey, come on. I need, I need to go talk. I need to go witness to this, this friend of mine. And spend the time. Spend the next year witnessing, talking to them. And I encourage you, look to reach just one for Christ this next year. Because you know what? If we don't aim, <laughs> we're not going to hit it. Amen? And I tell you what, as long as we don't worry, we keep trusting in the Lord. We keep delighting in the Lord. We're staying committed, not only to keep going no matter what. We stay committed to sharing the gospel. I love the fact verse number seven starts, it says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. There's a lot of stresses in the world around us today. A lot of things that cause anxiety. And, but you know what? The Bible has an answer for that. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. It can be very easy to get full of anxiety and stresses when you're like, oh, when's it going to happen? Oh, what's taking so long? Oh, you're sitting in traffic waiting for that light to turn. So you're ready to beep your horn if that car doesn't hurry up and go. <laughs> I do a lot of traveling and I know exactly how that is. <laughs> but the word patient is not just waiting. It's waiting with the right attitude. Waiting, knowing that God is in charge. Knowing, waiting without murmuring or complaining. And you know what? When we find ourselves resting in the Lord and waiting patiently for him, that helps our anxiety level go way down. Maybe the reason why it's so difficult and things are happening the way you want to do it is because you're fighting against the Lord. Hmm? Amen? So we need to, and it's interesting because being, being working in the islands for as long as I have, well, that's one major thing that you learn is patience because everything takes longer down there. If you can get one thing done a day, you're doing great because <laughs> things are just slower. Not only are things slower, it takes longer time. If, if, you, if you mail something, it could take anywhere from three months to six months to get there. It, things take long. If you see something in the grocery store, you're like, hey, yeah, I want one of those. You better grab it now. You better grab two now. Because once it's gone, it could take six months to get it restocked. <laughs> but the point is, resting in the Lord and waiting patiently for him. Things happen in his timing. And as a Christian, as, as, a, as a missionary, and as your missionary, we are continuing to stay faithful in the Lord. We're going to keep sharing the gospel the lost and dying world around us, especially out in the islands that we're going back to. Christians, who are you aiming for here? If you don't stay faithful to share the gospel here, then you won't, you won't be able to support missionaries who are taking the gospel out there. Stay faithful here. Find somebody. Aim for them. Spend time. Waiting patiently on the Lord, but spending time 
investing in people's lives. Amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed this evening, is God working on your heart? Is there something you've been worrying or fretting about? Has God burdened your heart for somebody that you need to witness?